0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the True Story FM Entertainment Podcast Network. Doing it solo again. I'm back talking about Minute 84, which begins with Cap, Bucky, and Gabe moving across the top of the Hydra train and ends with the Hydra Trooper taking aim at Cap. Back on the show, it is Will Freeland. Hello, Will. Hi, thank you for having me. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. <laughs> uh, happy Thursday. We haven't uh, said that in far too long since our uh, season with Thor, but uh, you know, it's still Thursday. It's always Thursday. Always. So, God love that. Uh, we are back on the train and we're starting on the exterior of it. I, you know, okay, it, when they swung down, it look it's, i know it's hard to tell as i said in the last minute when the train is on the bridge if you if you count it looks like the train has about 7 cars as they come swinging down it looks like steve lands on uh, it looks like he ends up kind of landing on the third car that's about where it looks like he he lands mm-hmm. um and it looks like bucky and gabe both land on the fourth car so they're like one train car behind him and then they start moving, and it looks like they move up from, from the a couple shots. It looks like they move up over the second car up to the first car, but the first car is the engine, and that looks different. And this car looks like all the other cars behind the engine, so suddenly it seems like there's another car in front of them. So it's a little confusing the way that this is set up, and, uh, and then they climb down the ladder to go into it, and so... Um, and they're gonna go through this car and the one in front of it, so there's even another car before you get to the engine. So this train like keeps growing in front of them. It's like a hydro train. It's, it's a hydro <laughs> train. It keeps just once you once you hop on one car, two more two more in taking front of spice. you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You know, again, if you're if you're noticing this stuff while you're watching the movie, it's probably not working for you. You know, this is the sort of thing (laughs) that generally you're not paying attention to in the context of a film. But when you're watching it minute by minute, you definitely notice these things and it starts going, hmm, it seems like where
1: are all these train cars coming from? Well, it makes me also think like if I were landing on a a hydro train or any train, really, what car would I go to? to jump down i feel like you always want to go to the engine right
0: yeah i mean that that seems like it would make sense and uh, i I guess the only reason that i would think that they don't i don't know i (laughs) we're going to talk a lot about trains over the next uh, couple minutes uh, and people (laughs) moving across the top of them because i definitely have some questions for you there uh but in the scope of like when you think of movies with trains, like oftentimes the engine has a little bit of a different design. So like maybe it's, you you can't get, you can't access it the same way you can access the other train cars. You know, mm. I, I feel like that's something you see sometimes in trains where you've got to get in a car behind or a couple cars behind because the ones, the engine and maybe the one behind it are designed differently. And so you have to kind of do something different. And in this case, they climb down a ladder and open a, a door to get in, I don't know. At least they're in. At least the third car is the way that it's kind of set up. Yeah, it, it never shows us. And I guess this is a, a struggle with the film. Why do they just decide to pick this one? Like, I, it, it would have made more sense if we see them go up to the engine, or even if it had a line up at the front, or uh, like when they're on the cliff above, where Fallsworth says, "I don't see a ladder into that first car. You're going to need to <laughs> you get in a couple cars behind."
1: something to give us a sense as to why they choose here right because to your point like he seems to be getting on a random car and so if you landed on one car why travel up two cars and then decide to jump in
0: well that's assuming that they know that zola's in the front of the train like (laughs) I, i you know that's the other thing is like i mean who knows what how like how hydra uses their trains like these could all be filled with troops they could be all right. filled with equipment. There may be like a a lounge car toward the end of the train, and Zola's hanging out in in his lounge car. Well, yeah, you gotta have a food car. Yeah, there, where's where's the food car? Right, like <laughs> like all of this stuff. Like when when we see this train moving, like there's there's not a lot of um, well, I I don't know. We haven't seen any history with Hydra trains in the scope of this film. So it's like, how do they so specifically know we've got to maneuver toward the front of the train to get? I mean, maybe it is just to stop it. Maybe that's the goal. But again, it's it's uh, it's not well defined. (laughs) (laughs) And then, okay. And then, I like. What is the strategy here? Because Steve climbs down the ladder. Bucky's kind of on lookout, and then Gabe is just kneeling just, down <laughs> on the top of the train with his with his gun pointed, like is just in case Hydro troops come out. And then, what does yeah, he do that's once gotta they go inside?
1: Because <laughs> with Gabe, I feel like that's exactly what you would do if you're playing like a Call of Duty video game like you have one person on lookout in case there's a spawn on the next car over and they're going to start popping out on the roof. So you have one person <laughs> either kneel or go prone and just keep an eye on the roof. But that's the only explanation I can think of which has nothing to do with Captain America. <laughs> yeah,
0: it makes no sense. I mean, obviously we'll see what Gabe is up to, but even like in in next week's minute when we finally see kind of like after all the the tragedy has ha- happened on the train and stuff like it looks like he's still just kneeling on the top like i, I don't fully understand <laughs> exactly what gabe is doing and, and everything it's it's a I strange
1: we didn't get briefed on this mission and i feel like it's not fair it's strange it <laughs> why are they only bringing three people why is gabe hanging out on the roof yeah doesn't make sense
0: it's It's strange. And and yeah, because again, and maybe this is why they limited it to just these three, not the full team coming down. Because then it's like, well, now we've got all of these extra people. Are they all standing on the roof? Like, what are they doing? Like, I feel like they don't really know at this point
1: what to do with with Gabe. Yeah. Also, to the detriment of the character that, uh, that Dave is, when I see a splintering off like this from the main group, and you have... Your your quote unquote main characters of Cap and Bucky teamed up with one other person, it makes me think that they're a spy. (laughs) And they're gonna set them up.
0: Or that they're gonna die.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or black dude (laughs) dies first. So (laughs) (laughs) either yeah, either they're gonna die or (laughs) Because my heart is starting to race because I'm like, I wonder if this is the scene where Bucky is going to get lost. And so then I'm like, oh, gosh, is this going to be Gabe's fault? Is he going to set him up? Is he going to be a hydratrator? And like my mind just spirals. (laughs) (laughs) in every like (laughs) non-gun shooting scene i'm just like but what about gabe what about gabe what's he doing what's he i just oh it's terrible i've i've watched way too many action movies
0: (laughs) (laughs) well but yeah and and and, you know i guess i don't know if that's uh, a strength for the film to not play into tropes that we're used to. Right. Or or that it's just it sets us up in a way where we're thinking about it too much because it's like, you brought him here. Why <laughs> why is he not here? Like what are you doing with this guy who's on the top of the train? Like it, yeah. it just ends up feeling like I, I want them to use him in some capacity. And I get it. Like inside the train, which we're about to talk about, like there is a very specific setup that is happening in here that they're working toward. Um but I don't know. I guess what happens is as I think about it, it starts feeling very scripted. It feels like, well, we've got to get Steve and Bucky isolated so that they can be separated so that something can happen because this is where we're taking that character in this franchise. And so, I don't know, I, I feel like they've scripted it in a way where it does start feeling like when you, when you really look at it it feels, it, it feels scripted. It doesn't feel as clean as it could have been. Yeah, that's with our fancy future knowledge. Exactly, exactly. But as, as it stands, so Steve and Bucky go into this train car. So they're in the at least the third car uh, back. And what we see is they come into what looks like a storage train. It seems like they're kind of looking around, like we were expecting something, some sort of trouble. But all they find is a bunch of storage. There's all these crates and shelves. We'll you know we'll see what's on the crates um, in a later minute. Next uh, in tomorrow's minute, it's hard to read here. Um, and so they maneuver through it, and then the next car, the door is open, and they, manu- well, I don't know. At this point, do you, one, does it feel like this is a setup or a trap to you? you? Kind of already alluded to it.
1: And two, do you think they feel like they're walking into a trap? They're probably starting to think that. So, because when we get in, yeah, so the car behind them, the door is closed, but the car in front of them, the door is open, and there's nobody. <laughs> on either of those cars that we can see that screams i mean like this is hydra hydra's known for its head count <laughs> how do you have a hydra train with a vip and no troops that doesn't make sense yeah so yeah they are they're probably thinking this doesn't bode well <laughs> i don't know how many horror movies they've watched by like 1943 But (laughs) uh, I feel like (laughs) they still have that tension of just like, okay, (laughs) this doesn't bode well. Well, uh, yeah, there's there is an
0: element to it that feels um, it it feels like a setup. You know, you're walking into this space that I mean, the way that that gabe reacted on the top of the train like he got his gun ready he's waiting for troops to come flooding out as the war kind of starts erupting onto this train here and it doesn't and so yeah it does set up this sense of like something suspicious is happening i don't know what mm-hmm. and you know i i think it works i think it does work yeah um but what ends up happening is something that feels very tropey to me. I wonder how you feel. But it's it's I don't know. I call it the uh, the lock them in separate rooms trick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Steve
0: goes through the door and and like the the two doors between the train cars shut on the two of them, separating them. Um, yeah. I mean, does it does that? I guess at this point, it feels very much like a trap.
1: Uh, does it work for you? Um. I guess I don't know what the goal is because, like, the people the the Hydra agents are already like placed. So, like, you have this big bulky dual wielding Tesla cannon guy in the front, and then you have like two or three Hydra agents just like grunts in the back. How do you know you're going to get Cap up front? Because if the roles got switched, Bucky's dead immediately <laughs> on site. <laughs> well, and, and like, yeah. And
0: why why not just have this guy with the Tesseract cannon there? I mean, he can probably take Bucky out pretty quick. Like, yeah. why does it have to be, why do they have to separate them so that he is the only person up against Cap? I mean, obviously we know, you know, Zola's been given the order to take care of uh, the guy with the shield. And here he is trying to take care of the guy with the shield. But it seems like if Bucky was in the room and this guy happened to hit Bucky too, that, well, one less thing to have to worry about now. Yeah, that's not a problem at all. It, it's, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny little thing. And it seems like a strange plan for Zola to like, let's lock them into separate rooms and you go take out the one guy and this guy will take out Captain America.
1: The only catalyst i can see for separating them is if there if if we had a zola or faustus or someone who's known for hip, hypnotizing that has talked about a plan to what if we recruited all of the helen commandos and brainwashed them and made them like hydra generals and if there was talk of that then Oh, yeah, separate Bucky, separate, separate the rest of the commandos, and don't kill them, just incapacitate them. And you know, we'll put them through whatever hyp- hypnosis we need to put them through. but cap needs to go. yeah, but yeah. That's, I, that's not a conversation that's happened, <laughs> so like it doesn't make sense to split them up unless. There was some sort of Soviet plan that we did that we knew about. It, it's a strange, it's a strange plan that that Hydra seems
0: to have thrown into place here, and you know, in the scope of what all of everything that's happening here. I mean, we haven't really talked about the fact that they know, like, Zola knows what's happening. Like, they were ready for this. And so that that speaks to the fact that everything that they were eavesdropping on was all a setup, right? Like, they had basically set this entire train trip up, leaked the details so that Captain America and the Howling Commandos, and just as a side note, in the script, it does call him Captain America and the Invaders. They actually have called the group the Invaders in the script, which I think is kind of cool. But yeah, Uh, but I... Basically, they are very specifically leaking this so that they can capture them. Now, why Zola would go on the train, if that's the case, is like, I I don't understand that. Like, we're setting this up so we can kill Captain America, but I'm still going to be there just in case. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) we can come up with all kinds of scenarios that would make this make sense, but then there's one other piece that makes it fall apart. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> it's too bad so the design of this hydra tank man yeah i don't entirely understand it <laughs> like he, so he does his first shot and he misses because he's a bad guy and he's a grunt but then he doesn't fire again until zola's like fire again <laughs> and you're like oh cool now i know I don't know. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Also, since you can't see his face, it just makes me feel like that could have just been a robot. It didn't have (laughs) to be a person. A lot of
0: these hydro troopers, yeah, they're designed like sometimes their faces are more covered up, sometimes they're less covered up. This is one of those, uh, you know, in the the Captain America, the art of Captain America book, they talk about the soldiers and how, like, these hydro troops, how they, you know, had five classifications. This would definitely fall under the the Hydra troop with heavy artillery. And in this particular case, I mean, yeah, he has these cannons on his arm. In a way, he very much looks like the the flamethrower Hydra trooper that we'll see later in the film. Um, and in fact, at first I was like, are these the flamethrowers? I think they're designed a little different, but these are definitely the Tesseract uh, cannons that he's mm-hmm. blasting at Steve with. They don't seem to, I I don't know, I I struggle with the power of these. And, you know, we've we've talked a lot about Tesseract blasts and stuff, because when the Tesseract cannons shoot the Tesseract blasts or even when the, the Tesseract guns shoot blasts, when they hit people, they disintegrate them. But when they hit like when they hit factory walls or other things that are inert, they blow up like a regular explosion. And so, so here, like when he's blasting and stuff, you never see any actual explosions when he's hitting like the the walls of the room and stuff. It actually looks like you know blue explosions. And so, right, I I, I feel like I'm a little conflicted on the way that this. I mean, I like the design. It does look interesting. Yeah,
1: it's it's all about tesseract c- concentration. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Uh, We've talked about, like, maybe there's a switch on the side, you know, disintegrate mm-hmm. or just blow up or, you it's know. There's a dial. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the other thing about him is, like, it's such a heavy-looking outfit that I also wonder how, like, is is he missing because this thing is so heavy that it's really hard to actually
1: aim and maneuver? Like, it seems so bulky, you know? Sure, but also, like, it's a train car there's not a whole lot of (laughs) there's not a whole lot of left and right you got to worry about which makes this the perfect scene or like situation for something with low mobility yeah it would have been it should have been perfect (laughs) it should have been
0: perfect yes and you know this also just speak going back to zola And his decision to actually be on this train, this would have been another perfect instance for them to have had a moment where he's not on. I know they had to set up the story, but what if he wasn't on the train, but you're seeing like the troops are seeing him through a video image of his face, like just being projected in the train. Like that would have been a cool way to kind of use that Zola um, character in a way that had a nice comic book reference to it. Yeah,
1: that would have been real cool. Oh, man. I'm paused. I'm paused. On the minute that I have, I'm paused on the back of uh, the, like, heavy trooper. Uh-huh. And um, black and tesseract blue just really work together. <laughs> I really like this color combination. <laughs> it's really <laughs> nice, right? <laughs>
0: it looks great. It's, it's, and it's like this crazy large battery pack that he obviously has to carry around to have you know, these cannons on his arms. But, yeah, it looks so cool the way it kind of has those it's almost like scales or like you know it's almost like um treads on a tank kind of running down his arm you know it's 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 very
1: cool looking so i like the design yeah, it's kind of like are those the bullet cases are those just extra battery packs what are they i don't know but they look really cool <laughs> yeah well, and if it's so big, and if it
0: needs so much energy for it, I feel like the blast should be even bigger. And then when it hits, like, why is it just like putting a little, uh, a you know, kind of a, a singe on the door frame instead <laughs> of like a big explosion? Like, I mean, we're gonna find out tomorrow when Steve uses it; it does more damage than this guy ever does. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. I guess Steve got the dials right when he turned it.
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, it's so, it's so weird because, gosh, it really throws it off because tests are. You, this minute is pretty dark, and it's pretty monotone. And then you have your Tesseract weapon, which is all super bright blue. And then you cut to Zola, and his screens are all this, like, really obnoxious yellow sepia filter. <laughs> it it really, it's jarring. I don't like the look of it. It takes a, it, I don't know, it just really throws me off when I see it
0: that's so funny what i think of which of course happened after this film but i always think to snowpiercer and the engine room in that train and i just think it's funny that here's chris evans in yet another futuristic train with a crazy engine room with kind of a circular thing at the head of it which i don't know i find very funny i don't know if you ever saw snowpiercer but it's a a great film i didn't get Um, to i i wanted to check it out it's it's really it's a really fun film really interesting well made all right, so so Captain America, he's fighting this this uh, trooper with the uh, the cannons and he's doing a good job dodging the shots and everything. Meanwhile, Bucky is in the original train car, uh, we'll call it train car number 3, and you know, he is just basically moving back and forth, hiding behind boxes and crates and shooting at these hydro troopers that come in. We we see him take out one and then another one comes in, so he's still fighting two. And uh, you know that's that's kind of where he is as we kind of come to the end of the minute here. Is is you know he's he's pinned down. He's got these two troopers shooting at him, and uh, and then meanwhile Captain
1: America is still you know taking on blasts from the big guy. When 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 Bucky's cr- crouching behind some of those ammo boxes, and there's the like tension building gun sparks behind him. I don't understand the angle of. That shot for for those bullets, like how how the Hydra agent hit that? Because it seems like it ha- it like the explosion happens behind, like at a level that is fully behind Bucky's cover. Yeah, right, right. So like, is the is the Hydra goon super far up? Took a shot and then ran back. <laughs>
0: What's funny about that shot, well, and, you know, this just speaks to the kind of the pyro team and as far as like what they're rigging as far as the explosives to kind of go off when they're blowing things up, right? And they are very sparky as far as like when the bullets are hitting things. Cause even when Bucky shoots down toward them, like it is some serious spark that we're getting from kind of the way that it, it's hitting. I don't think a bullet would necessarily do that, you know, yeah, I I, think unless so this train is, yeah, unless a train is made with something some sort of crazy material like graphite or something or or some sort of paint on the interior that is flammable and when it hits it kind of like ignites little you know the fragments that it blows off but it doesn't make a ton of sense yeah and then that that moment when it's behind him it almost like it it almost looks like it's coming down the wall as if someone on the outside of the train is using like a a welding torch to cut into it or something like that's the way it looks yeah. it's a
1: weird it's a weird moment there yeah, the size of the explosion always made me feel like it was a shotgun blast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because it covers such a large area behind Bucky, uh, but no one's using shotguns here, which is the perfect time to use a shotgun. <laughs> right. But you know, whatever. It's fine. Oh,
0: uh, what do it? Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> building to something. We've separated our two heroes. Yeah. On this train. Yeah. Um Let's let's wrap it up for today. For those in the know, tension is building. Tension is building. That's right. And then, you know, we've got these two. And then, you know, we haven't even talked about the fact that Gabe is also separated, still sitting on the top of the train,
1: smoking a cigarette, something. I don't know what is doing. (laughs) Like, if they had just said, keep an eye out, (laughs) like just to make sure, you know, they don't get flanked from the roof, because they full on got flanked from the car that Gabe is sitting on top of right now. But... Whatever, it's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. Or even just like you know, we'll 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 come in through the the train cars. You you go across the top. Just something so that we go. Okay, well, he's moving across the top of the train to get to the engine, Mm -hmm. which he is. We just don't know that
1: until you know later minutes. But it's just like this is the future. But I feel like I don't think we see him running across to the engine. It's just all of a sudden he's at the engine. There is a there is a shot
0: exterior it's from a very far distance you see a figure on the top but honestly it looks like he's still kneeling and this is when it's about to go into the tunnel it, i mean mm. i i think the idea is he's walking across but then he breaks through the glass and pops into the engine room but it it's i don't know it's not as effective as it could be they could have made that work a little better oh well oh well But we're not there. I'll talk about that next week uh, with our next guest. Uh, But for you, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about Minute 85. So uh, thank you so much for joining me again today. Of course. Remind everyone again uh, where they can track you down on the Internet.
1: Um, I have my own podcast as well called Hype is My Superpower. Uh, It's me and my best friend talking every single week about the things that make us hype almost always going to be marvel comics uh it's a lot of fun and i highly recommend you uh come and check it out awesome well definitely check that out everybody we'll be
0: back tomorrow to talk about minute 85 so until next time true believers okay bye marvel movie minute is a production of true story fm engineering by andy nelson this season's music is spread the news by anthony vega and this season's show art is by winston yabo find the show at TrueStory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews consider doing that for this show